There are few things that beat the thrill of taking an idea and creating an entire business from it. The risk of failure, the adrenaline of making your first profit, the motivation behind that first staff meeting, all of these are elements that help us feel alive. So when the time comes to sell our hard work, it's bittersweet. How can one put a price tag on the blood, sweat, tears, and time put into this organization? On this episode, we're sitting down with an entrepreneur who led his company through a buyout and talking about how he prepared himself and his team through this transition. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell. Here on our show, our mission is simple. We help organizations make better business decisions. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the Kelly family. We put out a weekly show with you, the leader, in mind because we know that an organization is only as good as the leadership running it. And to all of our subscribers, thank you so much for your support. Because of you, our show has exploded in growth this past year through social media shares and just word of mouth. And if you are wrestling with a specific topic, if you would like to offer feedback on how we're doing, or you just want to nominate a guest for our show, send us an email to ROIPod, that's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I So growing an organization to a point where selling it in order to take your company to the next level comes with many, many emotions. There's excitement of something new mixed with the fear of shaking up the entire organization's workflow. Today, we're sitting down again with Randy Stockland, who's no stranger to the ROI podcast and is CEO of One Click Ventures, who just sold their company in order to take them to the next level. So let's go back and get a quick recap of how Randy made it to this point. So One Click was founded in 2005, and we started out selling eyewear and accessories online. Our sunglass warehouse brand was the first brand that we operated and we actually acquired that brand from a, a gentleman in Tampa, Florida. And, uh, and from there we built a portfolio out to uh, eight core brands selling sunglasses, reading glasses, neckties, scarves, hats, handbags, practically any fashion accessory that you can imagine. We, we either attempted to sell it or were selling it at one point in time. And then in 2013, we made the decision uh, to focus exclusively exclusively on selling eyewear. So we looked at our across our portfolio and said, what category or vertical makes the most sense for us to focus on? Because we wanted a singular focus for the team and the business model. And our eyewear brands were were growing the fastest. They had the highest margin profile. And, uh, and our team really enjoyed marketing those brands. And one of the things that just kept coming up time and time again was constraints around capital and and investments and as a company that was that's been self-funded and bootstrapped from day one there 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 have been a number of trade-offs we've made over the years and the trade-offs have almost always been how can, how can we grow faster i mean the decision is never i don't know there was never a decision made really how can we become more profitable it was always about how can we grow faster and we would always take you know cash flow from operations and pour it back into growing the business. That was just the, the philosophy we had as, a, as an ownership team. And so 
asking that question of, you know, how do we grow faster began to spark this idea with Randy and his leadership of maybe it's time to sell our company in order for us to go to the next level. And Phil, I'm, I'm sure that's a tough choice. It is a tough choice, Matt. You know, when we model these decisions on spreadsheets and on paper, they look very objective. But the reality is, is that you've got a founder who has started her business or his business has put in emotional equity. It's been the thrill of their life. Their family's been invested also in terms of their life and also their money. And then you've got your team, which shows up every day and have committed themselves, and that's their livelihood. And so now to take this great creation and hand it over, yes, you're probably going to make a nice cash deal, But that doesn't compensate for the emotional change that's required here. And that's what we want to focus on is the things that you don't really think about. Because in theory, all it is is just, I built this company, therefore I sell, transaction closed, move on. Yet there's so many more underlying layers within making that decision. So we're going to talk about how to sell your successful startup. The first thing is when looking for a buyer It's important to search for values of character, not just values of cash. I cannot stress that enough, value alignment. That was something that we talked about from the very beginning as a a leadership team. And uh, and for us, that was going to come down to, um, a lot of that was going to come down to the people that we'd be be working with. And uh, because we we were all very interested in staying on the team and being part of this of this new vision because we really had a we really believed in the market opportunity really believed in our brands and we have this uh, as I mentioned earlier this amazing group of people here that we had uh, that we, we were working with and we were just we were just all really happy with uh, thrilled with where we were with our brands and the team so we wanted to accelerate that and then some of the other things we we, we ideally we wanted we wanted to partner with eyewear experience. We, as, as an eyewear-only retailer, we, we'd only been in existence for a couple of years. So it's not like we were, at that point in time, I would describe our team as eyewear experts. We were spread across eight different brands. So we didn't really have the time to build expertise in eyewear. So partnering with someone that they eat where that's all they do 24 7 365 they eat sleep and breathe eyewear was was one of the one of the things that we identified that would be really helpful to the team and company randy reminds us of a hidden truth about business if we are only looking for profit our intentions were ill-founded from the start successful business has to serve something larger than money profit is just an outcome It is not a purpose. It is not a motivator. We have to solve big problems to be successful in business. That's why customers come to us and are willing to pay a high price for our product. And so really it comes down to values and principles. That's what we're hearing here. And again, that's a message that's been uh, reinforced in a lot of our episodes, especially the one with Todd Brown, who was CEO of Tom James Suits, who did a marvelous job in episode 74 of talking about how You have to serve something larger than yourself. You have to serve something larger than your product. 
So once we find a buyer whose values align with our organizational values, next, as a leader, we need to mentally prepare ourselves for the day after the sale. I've talked to a number of entrepreneurs about their, their mentality post-transaction, like the day after, or the week after, or the month after, what have you. Um, and I picked a number of people's brains that have been through this process prior to the transaction closing, but in some cases, like a year before the transaction closing, like so I could start preparing mentally and just asking people, hey, are there things professionally, mentally that I should be thinking about? And, and we didn't go into the process saying, hey, we have to sell the business now. We went into the process saying, if we identify the right partner who's aligned with us on in all these key areas, values, people, vision, all the things we've talked about, then we will partner with someone. And so some entrepreneurs shared that they, they, they woke up shortly after the transaction closed and felt completely different about, their, about the, the business and their standing in this now larger organization and their role. And then others shared that it didn't really feel that much different to them. Then I'm, I'm, then I'm really starting, my wheels are turning like, oh my gosh, what is that going to feel like for me? And for me personally, it did not feel really any different. And uh, here's what I, when I, when I woke up that, uh, that next morning, it felt like business as usual. And the only thing that I guess felt a little bit different was that we knew there was this integration process that was going to take place, and that was an unknown for me being an entrepreneur that was going through this process for the first time. So there was some uncertainty around that. Other, the other, I guess the other thing I would comment on is it was good to get some time back because going through the process, the transaction process, was a very, um, it was very intense from a time standpoint. And I had very little capacity to, to focus on the strategy and, and some of the other areas that I, that I was more plugged into before the transaction process started. And I think this is an important thing Randy brings up because a lot of professional athletes, at least the most successful athletes, are always mentally rehearsing. They're putting themselves in the game before it even happens. So that way they can kind of take inventory of their emotions, take inventory of the things they're going to have to navigate through. So that way they're most prepared entering game day. And there was a BBC article with a sports psychologist on how athletes succeed. And I think it correlates beautifully with Randy's mental preparation and selling the company and talks about this concept called mental rehearsal. This is where the performer pictures themselves actually executing a skill and practices this skill in their mind, focusing on specific stages and just the correct technique. So for example, a trampolinist may mentally rehearse a backward somersault before performing the move. Or in this case, what we're talking about, how your conversations with the team will go, putting yourself there, or what emotions you're going to have to face the day after the sale, or how you will feel letting go of that company. Matt, let me offer maybe another example that resonates with our listeners. If you're a parent, you find yourself naturally rehearsing big times in the life of your child, especially graduation when they go to college. And it's just something our brain naturally does. It's a, it's a way to prepare ourselves for ending an old chapter and beginning a new. And I think what Randy understands is that that's as much an emotional and psychological exercise as it is an exercise in signing a contract and transferring money. 
So once we've mentally rehearsed the day after the sale and got ourselves prepared, next, it's involving the leadership team from the start and through the whole process, letting them be involved as much as they legally can. So the way the way that our leadership team decided to go about it was to was to to do it in 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 phases and and bring in people bring people into the process starting with additional folks on the leadership team that needed to contribute in some way to the process so we need to build we need to get we need to build a financial model we need to get specific questions answered around marketing or technology or operations or what have you then we would pull those folks in and by the by the time that the acquisition occurred we had brought all of our leadership team uh, into the process but the rest of the team the the the, the folks that were, did not have a leadership position in the company uh, we did not announce it to them until the, the deal closed the early involvement was critical so Matt Randy's insight emphasizes an important point. When a founder is leading her organization or his organization through this big transition, she or he should not do it alone. Just like you needed to surround yourself with smart people when you grew the company, you also need to surround yourself with those same smart people in executing the sale. And that's just smart because if you have smart people telling you what are possibilities and what are possible mistakes, you're going to successfully guide your organization through this very, very dramatic change. Another interesting thing, too, that I want to add is as a leader, it can be isolating if you did it alone because you're the one that's wrestling with all these questions, the burden, the weight, the figuring out how we're going to get through this, and almost even just having someone that you can relate with and talk out your heart or talk out your strategy to build the best, like you said, the best way that as a team, we can move forward. Right. And you want this heavy emotional burden of selling a great company to be shared among those that were part of the growth process. That's just what it means to be human. And in fact, your team wants to be part of that emotion. So finally, once we get our leadership in these meetings and on board from the start, as much as we legally can... It's important for us to be open and honest with the whole company when the time comes to deliver the news. Internal communication was was one of my uh, biggest challenges throughout the process. I'm an overshare. Uh, historically, at one click, I have, and I would say this for our leadership team as a whole, we have erred on the side of sharing as much information that's legally possible. So we share our we share our financials each month. Still do, down to how much cash is in the bank, and we've done that for for several years now because we think uh, people we think that people will make better decisions if they have access to more information. But um, what if people start thinking that uh, oh my gosh my job could be in jeopardy or the company could could dramatically change strategy or what have you? Uh, we 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 couldn't risk that type of disruption on the business and it just having a negative impact on people's lives unnecessarily at that point in time. We just didn't think that that was worth the risk. And that has been one of the most difficult things that I've ever done here as, uh, as CEO because I wanted, uh, I just wanted to, to share it with everyone and, and provide everyone with an update on, on our progress. But we had, 
multiple companies involved in the process and and we just didn't feel like it would be fair to the team and then as we started talking to to specific companies uh, sharing that information we were under you know strict confidentiality agreements and other things so when we when we did the all team announcement we as soon as that and that was ended up being about and you know 45 minutes or an hour and we had a Q&A session that was really important to me I made it I, I stressed to the team look put me on the hot seat we tried to anticipate as many questions I mean we had a number of questions and answers on in the in the deck that I presented so we tried to anticipate as many questions as we could as a leadership team but there were still questions that we didn't anticipate but as you can imagine people receiving that sort of information for the first time and then trying to articulate a question or thoughts around in a public setting that was not easy to do and we we knew that it wouldn't be and so what we did what we what we ended up doing was we broke into small groups by department everyone ran off into their own private area with their leader who to your to your point was armed with all the information that I was they were educated on the, the transaction process they had access to all the information they could possibly have access to and uh, and I think that made a real difference and people uh, I remember receiving feedback that there were there were a lot more questions in the small groups than the than the larger group and, and I'm really happy with how that played out again we're reminded that selling a company is an emotional experience for everybody involved and when you're setting yourself up to communicate the transition to the larger organization, you have to put yourself in the position of your most junior employee because they're going to feel the most anxiety and they're, in many ways, are going to have the most questions. If you motivate your communication strategy from a perspective of empathy, you're going to cover your basis and you're going to make sure that you communicate and you're going to make sure that your strategy for communication is holistic and complete and you're going to ensure the type of transparency that you want everybody in the organization to feel. And I think it's interesting too, from a leadership perspective, you only have so much time available to you throughout the day. And I think it this beautifully builds upon having your leadership involved early because Randy highlights that when he finally unveiled it to his entire company they were selling, he didn't have to carve out hundreds of hours of individual one-on-one meetings with the rest of the company. He had his leadership team readily available with the exact same knowledge and with a better empathetic level because they have a relationship built that's stronger than what Randy could have with his most junior employee that they were able to help also lead in some of those tougher questions and in those tougher moments. That reflects one of the principles of great executive leadership. Great executives figure out how to multiply their presence through the members of their executive team. And they do it in an efficient and quick manner where everybody's hearing the same thing. And that's exactly what Randy was talking about here. So let's recap. As a small business finding its way, One Click Ventures realized there was more momentum in putting effort into the glasses world than there was trying to juggle six different brands. Upon a successful strategy, they reached a point where partnering with a bigger glasses company made the most sense if they were gonna to grow to the next level. So the tough decision was made to sell. First, It's all about finding the right buyer with the same values your organization shares. Having the right company running your team comes with high responsibility on you. 
the leader because your decision impacts everybody. A company that aligns with your values is so important because they become your new coworkers. Next, as a leader, it's important to begin mentally preparing for the day after the sale. It's important to also understand that you're passing the reins of your organization to another leader. For some, this is a tough process and for others, it's just business as usual. Making these mental preparations help you lead yourself the right way, which in turn helps you lead your whole team through this transition. Then, invite your leadership team in as many of these meetings you're going to as legally possible. Arming your team members with the same knowledge you have helps to answer questions the entire company may have once you announce the sale. Finally, be open and honest when you inform the whole organization. Transparency is key because this is a delicate moment for everybody. Remember, for many, this can become a massive shakeup in the organization. Questions like, will I lose my job? Are we in jeopardy? What's gonna happen in the future? However, with your leadership team well-equipped with knowledge, once you inform your staff, they can now help lead their teams through the next steps, which in turn frees you up to help build new vision for this incredible next chapter of your company. This has been another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell, where we work hard to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.